thank the Lord for this opportunity and I just want to extend my gratitude and appreciation to Pastor Chrisman, First Lady, the entire Chrisman family, the entire Bright Temple family. It is an honor and a pleasure to be here and to share with you today in the ministry of music. I pray that this will touch someone. I pray that this will give someone the mind and the will and the determination to fight on. That it will give you a sense of hope and peace during this trying time. I ask that you pray my strength in the Lord as I give you a little sweet medley.
morning, everybody, and welcome to the sanctuary here at Bright Temple. We pray that you are blessed, healed, and whole on this morning. We pray that God's favor is raining upon you and your family, and we pray that you are strengthened and encouraged. But even if you're not, if your head is bowed down, if you're not feeling your best, I want to let you know that we've come to encourage you. We've come to be a blessing to you. We want to thank, first of all, Minister Ivan Bonner for sharing so melodically in, in song with his saxophone. We appreciate him him offering such a beautiful number for us. We praise God for him and for his gift and for his talent. And we pray that the, his song has encouraged you. And we hope to say a few words that strengthen and encourage your faith and your heart on this morning. Even if you're not in the place you desire to be, we hope that God's words will be a blessing to you. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your people. Lord, we pray that the words that we're about to speak of you, Lord, are an, are an encouragement to your people, that they breathe life over your people, that they strengthen your people, that they encourage your people. And Lord, help us to have open hearts and minds and spirits to be receptive to what you're going to say to us. May we leave this, this position strengthened and encouraged, and may we leave with our light invigorated so that we can shine brightly for the world to see. And Lord, may your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In Christ's name we pray, amen, and God bless you. We're going directly to the word of the Lord. We're going to Psalm 37, 23. Again, that is Psalm 37 and 23. As you begin to look for that, I just want to remind you that we are sharing from our series for the year forward. Simply Forward is our theme for this year. That comes from Philippians 3, 13 and 14 for those who have not been following us. And I encourage you right now, while we're speaking of following us, tag somebody in this post, tag somebody into this stream, share this stream to your page, share this share this stream to a group that you're a part of, share it with your family, let them know that you are listening right now to the word coming from Bright Temple right this morning and you want to share a word of encouragement with them that they may be blessed as well. So go ahead, tag, share, post, uh, repost this somewhere so that someone else may hear the word of the Lord and be blessed and encouraged. Again, we are sharing from our theme forward. That is our, our thought from the, for this year, for 2021, moving out of 2020 and everything that 2020 represented, moving forward into what God has for us in 2021. And our scripture for that thought is coming from Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Again, on this morning, we want to share a thought relative to that theme coming from Psalm 37, 23. We're going to say that scripture in a few moments. And this morning, we're going to talk about a forward position, a forward position. Next week, we'll be sharing about a forward mindset. But on this week, we want to talk about a forward position. Psalms 37 and 23 says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When I thought about this particular theme relative to our thought for the morning, which I told you is a forward position. When I think of a forward position as it relates to the military, I think of a place that the military has strategically placed a base or a position of troops that is likely in enemy territory for the purpose of gaining a strategic advantage. Again, when I think of a forward position, I think of the military 
placing troops, placing personnel, tr placing equipment, or even a forward operating base, strategically placing it in enemy territory for, to push forward the strategy for that region, the strategy for that conflict, the strategy for that war. When I begin to think of having a forward position as a Christian, I begin to understand that God places us sometimes in positions that seem like positions of peril. But we have to go forward, sometimes it's seemingly in enemy territory, to reclaim or to take possession of what God has for us. We sometimes are in peril. The Bible says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, though it should take you as though some strange thing. The Bible also says, put ye on the whole armor of God that ye might be able to stand in the evil day. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. What I'm telling you is that when you're in a forward position, you have to be prepared for what God is about to do in your life. And when you're in that forward position, you see the slings and the arrows coming in your direction, but you have to be ready for what God is trying to do in your life. Be prepared for conflict. Be prepared for, for, for others to come against you. Be prepared for haters. Be prepared for enemies. Because when you're in a forward position, you're going to find out that there will be conflict. There will be resistance. It, at, relative to our scripture, in 30, Psalm 37 and 23, the word says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I want to talk about three key elements of that scripture. I want to talk about first the steps. I want to talk about a good man. And I want to talk about being ordered. We're going to talk about the steps. We're going to talk about a good man. And we're going to talk about ordered. We're going to talk about those three things. As it relates to steps, I, want, to I want, to want you to consider three thoughts relative to steps. I want you to think about purpose, I want you to think about momentum, and I want you to think about direction. Relative to steps, I want you to think about those three things, purpose, momentum, and direction. I find all three of them to be key to steps. When we're talking about the steps, I'm talking about the motion. I'm talking about the movement. I'm talking about taking a forward position. I'm talking about stepping into your future. I'm talking about stepping out by faith. I'm talking about stepping in the right direction. I'm talking about stepping out of your comfort zone. I'm, I'm talking about stepping out of the old. I'm talking about stepping out of the past. I'm talking about forgetting those things which are behind you and reaching to those things which are before. I'm talking about stepping in a forward position, stepping towards something. But when you step towards something, you're also stepping away from something. And that is relative to purpose. When you're talking about purpose, sometimes there is duality in purpose. The duality of purpose is not only that you're moving toward something, but also that you're moving away from something. We often forget what we're moving away from, but often the more important element of that duality is what you're moving away from. Because it's often what we're moving away from that keeps us from moving forward. 
We don't want to move away from certain things. And because of our failure to step out of certain things, we do not go forward. We do not reach our potential. We do not get on our path of destiny. We do not get in line with what God has designed for each and every one of us. The duality of purpose is not only stepping into something, but it's also stepping away from something. And many of us, we can't step into something new because we're attempting to hold on to something that is old. You can't both step into something new and hold on to what is old, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching to those things which are before. The Bible says, behold, I will do a new thing in you. Why can't you see it? Why can't you take hold of it? Why can't you embrace it? The reason you can't embrace the new thing that God is trying to do in your life is because you're too busy holding on to the old thing. You have to release. You have to relinquish that old thing to embrace that new thing. The Bible says even as a man is getting married, he has to he has to leave father and mother and cleave to his wife. There is something that you're releasing. There is something that you're relinquishing so that you can grab hold to something new that God is trying to do in your life. There's duality in purpose. Not only are you stepping forward into something that God has for you, you have to leave behind something that is no longer in your purpose, something that is no longer in your plan. Some things were there only for a temporary time. Some people were only there for a temporary time. Some jobs were only there for a temporary time. Some of your, your the people in your life, your teachers, your, your educators, uh, some of your friends, some of them, they came along for a temporary time. They were there for a purpose. They were meaningful to, your, to where you've come from. But yet they are no longer necessary, so they're in your past. And if you cleave to something that is not part of your future, you cannot step into your purpose. You're stuck. You remain stuck because you have lost the concept of the duality of purpose. You do not understand not only am I stepping into something, but I also cannot carry what I had in my past with me into my future. You're thinking you're packing up all your stuff and while you're packing up all your stuff and you're ready to take all your stuff forward with you, there's some stuff you can't take with you. I've shared many times when you get on a plane, if you're going to fly, you can't take everything with you. There are limitations to what you can take on the plane. There are limitations to go to another level. There are limitations of what you, who and what you can take with you if you're going to step forward into the purpose that God has for you. You have to step with the intention of gaining what God has for you and and also with an understanding that I must relinquish and let go some of the things of my past, the duality of purpose. And we're still talking about the steps. Not only do we, must we consider purpose, that purpose gives us a design, that purpose tells us where we're going. You don't want to just be stepping in any direction, but, and, and direction, we're going to talk about direction, but you're stepping with a purpose, you're stepping with a design, you're stepping with a zeal. When you have purpose, when you understand, you do things better. Let me say that again. When you understand your purpose, when you understand why you're doing certain things, you do them better. You have to understand the concept of what's going on so that you can do it better. Some people don't understand cooking because they don't understand the concept of taste. 
They, they, they don't have that purpose that helps them to understand the amount of ingredients that you put in a recipe. And then there are some people who are so intuitive. Some of you ask your great-grandmother, ask grandma, hey, uh, how, how, why did you measure that? Or how much sugar did you put in that? How much salt did you put in that? So, oh, baby, I just put a shake, I put a pinch, I put a, put a handful, a, a little dab of this and that. My, I, I can't measure a dab. What are you talking about, a dab? A dab, a pinch, a shake. I don't, I don't understand that. I need that in measurements. Put, give, me, give me that in units of measure. You know, get, explain it. Is that the metric system? Explain to me how much I put in there. Some of them can't do it. It's intuitive to them because they understand the purpose of the cooking. They understand how it's supposed to taste. They understand the, the concept of texture and taste and, and, and using dis different textures and, and, a, and a certain amount of sour and a certain amount of sweet. And they're so intuitive in the purpose of what they're trying to create that they don't need a measuring cup. They know they can do a little dab, they can do a little pinch, they can do a little drop of this and a little drop of that. They even are so good at it and so savvy at it, they can add extra ingredients when they have them or they can leave them out because they understand the purpose of what they're trying to create. They understand the purpose of what they're trying, the palate that they're trying to create. And because they understand the purpose of all of this, they have, they're able to design it in their own way. They're able to flow in a way that many of us cannot flow because they understand the purpose of their creation. They understand the purpose of what the, of what they, the result should be how crunchy it should be, where it should be crunchy on. Maybe it's going to be crunchy on the outside, but, but soft on the inside and, and moist on the inside. And, and they want it to be a certain amount of sweet and a certain amount of sour. And they, they know how to drop the, the vanilla extract in there and so much salt and so much sugar and so much butter and, and, and so much meal and, and, and so much flour because they understand the purpose of it. And when you understand the purpose, you're able to move and flow in ways that other people cannot flow because you don't understand the purpose. Many of us, we cannot flow because we are not in tune with our purpose. We're stepping. Ain't nothing worse than expending energy and not doing it with purpose. You can expend a lot of energy where you're tired every day. I heard somebody say that we're the busiest people of, of all of, in, in the history of the world. We're the busiest people. We're always doing something. Busy doesn't mean productive, but it means we're doing something. We're always busy on our phones, checking something, checking messages, checking emails, checking texts. We got to check this. We got to check that. We got to swipe here. We got to swipe there. We got to delete. And we're, we're busy. We're busy. We got things to do. We're, 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 our, our time is full. We're busy. But many of us are busy without purpose. So we're using a lot of energy, we're using a lot of resources, but we're not getting anywhere. I shared before, it's, it takes just as much gas, just as much energy, just as much effort, and just as much of your, the, the mechanism of your car to go 50 miles in the wrong direction as it does to go 50 miles in the right direction. And I want you to consider that. It's just as much energy, just as much time, just as much wear on your tires and wear on your car to go 50 miles in the wrong direction as it does to go 50 miles in the right direction. It takes the same. And in fact, I'll say it's double, it's more. You know why? Because after you go 50 miles in the wrong direction, you're gonna have to turn around, make up that 50 miles, and then go in the right direction. So really you've lost 100 miles. So you've spent twice as much energy, effort, gas, wear on your tires and wear on your vehicle by going in the wrong direction as you have going in the right direction. 
I say that to say this, that many of us, we spend a lot of energy, we spend a lot of time, we spend a lot of effort. It looks like we're busy, it looks like we're doing something, but we have no purpose. We're stepping, we're even high-stepping, baby. We're high-stepping with it. You're stepping. You're stepping, but you don't have purpose. You're stepping, but you don't know where you're going. You're stepping it, but yet you don't understand God's design for you. That's why the Bible says, study to show thyself approved a workman that needeth not be ashamed. You need to read your instruction manual. You need to read your word. You need to stay in the word. You need to stay prayerful. You need to stay consecrated so that you're not expending a lot of energy and accomplishing nothing. I'm talking about steps. Yes, you may be stepping, but do your steps have purpose? Do your steps have purpose? Do they have purpose? You hear often as it, as it relates to carpentry, as, a, as it relates to construction, they say it's better to measure twice and cut once. It's better to understand the instructions and know what you're doing before you take a step than to take a step in the wrong direction. Steps, yes, they're important, but your steps must have purpose. The second thing I want to talk to you about steps is not only purpose, but I want to talk to you about momentum. Steps. When you understand your purpose, then that's where your energy and where your zeal comes from. When you understand your purpose, because not only do you need to step, but stepping requires energy. Stepping requires momentum. Stepping requires force. And to give force, zeal to your steps, to give energy to anything that you're about to partake in, you first understand your purpose. You understand your purpose and then momentum is not a problem if you understand your purpose. But see, the reason we talk about it is because some people understand their purpose, but they're not doing anything. They're not expending any energy. They're not taking any time to work on what God told them to do. Just like me, when I, during the pandemic, I, I, was, I, 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 had, I, I had time, I had opportunities. Many of you know that I, I try and run to exercise, but during the pandemic, we were, we were, we were in quarantine. That same, those same, that same sidewalk that's, that's been out there months before was still there, but I wasn't running. I was making excuses. I knew the purpose of why I was doing it. I knew why I needed to do it. But yet I lacked momentum, I lacked zeal, I lacked energy to go out and tackle what I needed to do. I allowed the pandemic to be my excuse to put on pounds. Well, I, you know, that's my pandemic weight as if I had no control over it. What happened is I didn't lose purpose, I lost momentum. I lost that energy, that zeal to continue to do what I needed to do that was necessary for my body. And many of you might have a similar testimony. You might, you might have a similar reality. You have a purpose and you understand your purpose, but you've lost momentum. You've lost zeal. The Bible says you did, you did run well, but wherein did you abandon? Where did you stop following the truth? Where did you lose your momentum? Where did you lose your zeal? That means that you're not truly, you, you may know your purpose, but under, there's knowing and understanding your purpose. There's being tapped in to your purpose. Because when you're tapped into your purpose, that becomes your lifestyle, not something you do. 
There's a difference between something being a lifestyle and being something that you do. Some of you do certain things, but that's not your lifestyle. Some of you do things to be healthy, but you don't live a healthy lifestyle. One of the things that you'll hear about that, many people will tell you, especially nutritionists, is that you can't exercise bad, out-exercise bad eating habits. You cannot out-exercise bad eating habits. So what that means is there are people, they're running, they're running, they're exercising, they're working out, they're doing things to be healthy, but then they have terrible eating habits. And as a result, they're still unhealthy because they are doing it, but it's not their lifestyle. They're doing healthy things, but they're not living a healthy lifestyle. That's the difference when you know purpose and you, you have purpose and you understand purpose. There's doing things relative to your purpose. And then there's living a lifestyle with purpose. It's the same as somebody who's saved on Sundays. You, you say you're a Christian and you go to church on Sundays, but the rest of the week you do whatever you want to. You say whatever you want to say. You think however you want to think. You do not regard God. So you're doing things like a Christian, but you are not living a Christian lifestyle. That's a difference. You have that, that understanding your purpose will tap into your momentum, your zeal to continue to do what is necessary to walk with God. You need to stop doing it and change your lifestyle. You want to be healthy? Don't do healthy things. Live a healthy lifestyle. If you want to be a Christian, don't do Christian things. Live a Christian lifestyle. You have to change your lifestyle. You have to change how you think. It is not something you can turn on and turn off. It has to be something that is a part of you every piece of the day. You have to crave, like when you first became a Christian, you crave the word, you crave reading God's word, you crave the scripture, you crave an opportunity to hear a speaker, to hear someone preach, to be in the service, to hear a song and sing songs in your heart. And you have that energy, you have that zeal, but now it's gone. You need that momentum to continue to live a lifestyle. You will not change until you change your lifestyle. You just can't do healthy things. You just can't do Christian things. You have to change your lifestyle. I'm talking about momentum. So as it relates to steps, I told you, you have to have purpose. You need to have momentum. And finally, you have to have direction. You have to have direction. Purpose means I understand what God is trying to do in my life. Momentum means I'm continuously changing my lifestyle, everything about me. I, I, I move, is moving in the direction of God, is moving in the direction of being healthy, is moving in the direction of, of my education, is moving in the direction of being better on my job, is moving in the direction of self-improving, being a better me, being a better, better mother, being a better father, being a better son. Being a better brother, being a better friend, everything in my life is moving in that direction. So I'm changing my lifestyle. I'm not just doing things, but I'm changing my whole lifestyle to have an impact in the direction that I desire to go. But when I say direction is because you still need godly direction, even when you understand purpose. You need godly direction even when you understand purpose, because God gives you direction day by day. Paul said, for this cause I die daily. He's not saying I don't understand what being saved means. He's not saying I don't understand what being a Christian means. 
But he's saying every day I have to practice. I need direction to do what God desires for me to do. And to get direction, I have to pray. Many of us lack direction because we don't pray enough. Yes, I need purpose. Yes, I need momentum. But every single day, my flesh has to die daily. I need God's direction. David said, let thy word be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In other words, I know where I'm supposed to be going. Purpose. I'm taking steps in that direction. Momentum. But Lord, allow your light to illuminate where? Direction. Give me where? I need to go so that I follow your direction every day. Because some of us, we have a concept of purpose, but that doesn't mean you don't need direction daily. Lord, daily guide us and lead us in the way that you would have me to go. That's why one of the the songwriters said, I need thee, Lord, I need thee. Every hour, Lord, I need thee. I need your direction. I need you to show me the way. I need you to guide me inside my purpose. I need you to guide me inside your way so I do not stray away from your path. Many people knew their purpose. Many people had momentum. But because they did not get direction, they they lost the path. They stepped off the way and they became lost. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps, that means... Not only purpose, but also momentum and direction. It says also, I told you three things we're going to key in, the steps. But then I want to talk to you about a good man. And this is a simple thing. Good man does not mean it comes from us. Good is not what we do, not just what we do. Jesus said, somebody said, called him good teacher. He said, nobody is good but God. So if there is goodness in us, that means it emanates from God. Anything that's good about us has to emanate from God. We're only good because we're godly. We're only good because we're godly. We're following godly directions. We're following God's path. We're following God's purpose for our life. That's why the only way that we can be good, if we follow his direction, if we follow his path, that is the steps to goodness. It's not of works. By faith are you saved through grace, not by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. It has to be from God. It has to be us seeking God. It has to be us having godly qualities. That's the only thing that can cause us to be good. It's the God in us. It's God operating through us. Even as it relates to our righteousness, our righteous, the the word says, because we had faith in God, it was imputed to us as righteousness. In other words, the reason that we might be considered good is simply because we have faith in God. Our faith in God is imputed to us as righteousness, so our goodness emanates from our faith in God. So when he says the steps of a good man are ordered by God, he's saying the steps of a godly man. The steps of a man that is seeking after the face of God. The steps of a man whose faith in God has been imputed to him as righteousness, who's hiding behind the blood of Jesus Christ. And because of Christ's sacrifice, we can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain grace to help in the time of need. It's not goodness of myself. It's not goodness of who I am. It's not goodness because of what I've done. It's goodness because I have faith in God and my faith is imputed to me as righteousness or goodness. The steps, the steps 
the purpose, the momentum, the direction of a good man, a godly man, a man seeking after God's face, a man whose faith has been imputed to him as righteousness. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Now, when we say ordered, I think about a few things when we say ordered. I think about sequential. Ordered means putting it in a certain order. One, two, three, four. There, there, there's the sequence to what God is doing. That means he has a certain place for you to be now. And after that, he has already planned ahead. Providence of God. He plans for where your next step should be. He is sequencing your steps. The word says all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord to them who are the called according to his purpose. So even my trials and my tribulations are inside God's sequence. My, my, my struggles and my pain are inside God's sequence. The tribulation that I'm going through right now are inside God's sequence. They're inside God's plan. They're inside God's strategy. The people that are getting on my nerves, if I'm following God's order, they're inside my sequence. They're inside God's strategy. The pain that I have right now, as long as I'm following God's order, it's inside God's sequence because it's part of God's strategy. God is strategically ordering things in my life. He is putting them in sequence for his purpose. And though I do not understand why he's doing it, Songwriter said that we'll understand it better by and by. Many of you, even right now, you're old enough to be at an age where you didn't understand how God was sequencing things. You didn't understand how God was ordering things. You didn't understand why one thing was following after another, but God was sequencing things. God was ordering things. He was building. He was creating. He was shaping you. The writer said, the prophet said the, 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 that the, the clay may be marred in the hands of the potter, but, but the potter knows how to mold it and, and, and reshape it and form it and cause it to be in the shape and the design that he desires for it. Even though we don't understand what we're going through, we don't understand what we're suffering, but God is sequencing, God is ordering. It's inside God's strategy. It's inside God's plan. And all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I came to tell you, you don't have to understand it, but as long as you're following God's word, as long as you're walking inside his purpose, everything is working together for your good. It's working for you. Hashtag that. It's working for me. It's working for me. I don't understand the sequence. I don't understand the design. I don't understand the order. I don't understand why I had pain after tribulation, after pain, after trial, after trouble, after a smile, but then more pain, and then another trial, and then another tribulation, and then I lost a job, and then I lost a loved one, and, and I didn't understand how that happened, and then I, I, I lost a job, and then I got a new job, and then I had a promotion, and then I had an educational opportunity, and then I had a, had a downfall, I had a, had, had a, had a setback, and, and I don't understand why God was ordering things in the way that he was ordering, but God was sequencing my life. And the songwriter put it best this way. Songwriter said, I don't know what tomorrow may hold. But the songwriter said, I know who holds tomorrow. And I know he holds 
my hand. Isn't there confidence in knowing that even though I do not understand the sequence, I do not understand how God is ordering things. I trust the master. I trust the creator and the one who is putting things in order because I trust him. I don't have to hold my head down because I trust him. I can have peace that passes understanding because I trust him. I can hold on to faith when it seems like things are going wrong in my life because I trust him. God is saying, if you will only trust me. Songwriter said, trust me. Trust. Trust me. I trust the orderer of my steps. I trust the God that is sequencing my path. I trust the God that is showing my way. So even though I do not trust what I see, I trust what God told me. You don't have to trust what you see. But I dare you to step out in faith and trust what God told you. I don't trust what the doctor is putting in front of me. I don't trust the scan that he's showing me. I don't trust the prognosis that he's giving me. I don't trust the medication that he's putting in my hand. I don't trust what they're saying about me, but I trust my Savior. I trust the orderer of my steps. I trust the keeper of my my peace. And because my faith is in God, I do not have to trust what I see, but I trust what God told me. Because the word says heaven and earth will pass away before God's word shall fail. I told you, it's the steps, the purpose, the momentum, the direction. It's the good man, the godly man, seeking after God, seeking after God's face, faith, whose faith is imputed to him as righteousness, are ordered, are sequenced, are put in place by God. And when I don't understand or trust what I see, I trust God who orders my steps. Can I share one more thing with you? I told you we're talking about a forward position. All of this, steps, momentum, purpose, direction, order, sequence, all of this regards position. Putting yourself in the position that God desires you to be. And I told you we're talking about a forward position. Anticipate trials. Anticipate the fiery darts. Put the whole armor of God on so that you'll be ready and prepared for what may come against you. But I want you to understand that even if you're in a forward position, even if you're on the enemy's territory, if it, is, if it seems like things are perilous, where you are, I want you to understand that even in a forward position, even in enemy test territory, Even if you're like David, God gave David permission to pursue after the troop and recover all that had been taken from you. Even if you're in the enemy's camp, I want you to understand the word of God still stands that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. No weapon. Somebody hashtag that no weapon. I'm in a forward position, but no weapon. I'm in the enemy's camp, but no weapon. I'm on the enemy's turf, but no weapon. The enemy is all around me, but no weapon. Elisha was surrounded by the Syrian army, but no weapon. 
David didn't have the size of Goliath, but no weapon. The Hebrew boys were thrown in the fire and their clothes were not fire retardant, but no weapon. No matter who you're facing, no matter what you're going against, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And let me explain something as I close. That doesn't mean the weapon won't be formed. That doesn't mean you won't see the weapon. Again, don't always trust what you see. The weapon looks big. The weapon looks looming. The weapon looks large. The weapon looks like it may hurt. And guess what? The weapon may actually strike you and hurt. We're not saying there won't be any pain. We're saying it won't prosper. That means it won't kill you. It won't stop you. It won't derail your destiny. It has no power to take away anything that God gave you. It may be formed. It may look huge. It may be in your vision. But just because you see it doesn't mean it will prosper. I can stand firm in the enemy's camp. I can occupy a forward position. And I can stand with my chest out and with my head up high. Because thanks be to God who has already given us the victory. Don't worry about taking a forward position. Because even in the enemy's camp, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that your word has pierced our heart. We pray that your word has encouraged and strengthened us. We pray that your word will be a guiding lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, allow your word to order our steps, to guide our path, to cause us to be good because we're godly, to cause us to be good men and women because you impute our faith to us as righteousness, to cause us to allow the sequencing of our lives to be in your hands and through it all to trust you, to say like David, preserve me, O Lord, for in thee do I put my trust. And like Job, Lord, all my appointed time, I will wait till my change comes. Lord, if there be someone out there today who is not saved, you know that your life is not right with God. Can, can we pray this prayer together? Just lift those hands. Say, Lord, I am a sinner. I have fallen short of your glory. And I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry for all of my sin. Please forgive me. Lord, I need you to wash my heart. Wash my mind. Wash me all over, Lord. Create within me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Lord, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ was crucified. He died and was buried, but rose again with all power in his hands. And today I claim him as my Savior and my Lord. Jesus, come into my heart and I'll make you my Savior and my Lord. If you said that prayer by faith, if you said it with commitment in your heart, then I challenge you today that you are saved, 
Why don't you get connected to a body of believers, get connected to a church? There are so many out there, but if you want to be a part of our ministry, why don't you text Bright Temple all together to 66866. Again, type Bright Temple all together. One word to 66866 and become a digital part of our ministry. Join our membership where you can join a body of believers and be encouraged and strengthened as you continue your walk with Christ. I pray each of you were blessed and encouraged by what you heard on today. I pray God's word has, has lifted up your head, strengthened you, and prepared you for what you'll face this week. And I pray God's blessing over you and your family that you live by faith, trusting the sequencer of your steps, knowing that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. And remember, you can take a forward position because even on the enemy's camp, even in the enemy's territory, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Be blessed. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift. Thank you.